I'm wondering where are you today? What is your visual, Chaparazwell? Are you outside? Are you inside? Are you listening to this on a podcast or are you watching this on some device? And what's your visual? Are you in your pajamas at the beginning of a day or are you at the end of a day? My name is Marion Brown and I happen to be inside the chapel of Chapel Roswell. And my visual is water. Today, I'm thinking about water. And of course, we have so many different waters to choose from, don't we? We have all kinds of sparkling water and water that is flavored. We have tonic water, we have club soda water, we have smart water, we have water from Mexico, water from France. We have all kinds of fancy waters that we are being offered all the time. We also have the good old-fashioned tap water that's clean. We take for granted the water we have to drink. We forget that water can be a luxury. I'm also thinking today as we're recording about the waters of Hurricane Sally that we are still learning about as it makes land. And we're remembering the many people who are still being impacted by the hurricane waters of Laura. We know that water can change lives and water can take away lives. Water makes an impact. I read an article a few weeks ago about a nonprofit that makes sure that there's clean water in these remote villages across the world. And what this nonprofit does is they go into the village and they make water committees. And that is the leadership team of the village to make sure that whatever water source is there remains there. Well, the national representative of that nonprofit, he went out and began to visit the different villages and he began to meet the different water committees because his job is to make sure they have the resources and support that they need. When he went to his 30th village of his trip, the same thing that happened at all of the villages happened again. The water committee leadership team began to walk toward him and introduce themselves to him. There were five in total in this particular village, four adults and one kid. And they said, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm the mechanic. The next person, hi, I'm so-and-so and I'm the tax collector. And the third, hi, my name is and I'm the health officer. And the fourth, hi, hello, I'm the safety officer. And then the fifth said, hi, my name is Natalie. I'm 15 years old and I'm the president of the water committee. Turns out that because there was clean water in her village, Natalie had been to school more than any of the others put together. And so the village had elected Natalie as their president for her leadership skills and her administrative skills and her ideas. And as a representative learned more about Natalie's family, the mother said, we're just so proud of Natalie. We want her to stay in education and actually become a teacher in our village. And Natalie said, oh no, mom, not just a teacher, but 
also the headmaster. Water can give life. We know that water is a gift. Water is a luxury. Water can take away life and water can give life because water is powerful. And the same is true in scripture because every time you see water, it's a symbol that God is about to do something big. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, Peter cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This comes to us from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Welcome back to the series that we're calling Chat Flicks season three, where we read self-contained stories in scripture. And maybe it's your first time or 101 first time to read the story, but we're rereading these stories and diving into them. This happens to be episode four, the one where he walks on the water. And I love this story because it just kind of talks about Jesus walking on the water like it's no big deal. And to give you a context of where this story is, it happens in Matthew right after the feeding of 5,000. And so we have Jesus who has been teaching the crowds all of the lessons. He blesses the five loaves and two fish, and the disciples feed the multitude. And right after that gift miracle, we turn and scripture tells us this nature miracle. And so we have Jesus saying to the disciples, go on a boat ahead of me. You go on ahead. I'm going to stay. I'm going to go on the mountain and I'm going to pray. The mountain here in scripture, it's a symbol. The mountain is a symbol for the closest place you can get to heaven. And so it's that place between heaven and earth. And Jesus says, I'm going to go to the mountain and pray and be with God. You disciples go on ahead of me. And that's what happens. 
And Jesus stays on the mountain for a long time. And meanwhile, as Jesus is praying, a storm begins and carries the boat a little farther away. And it's a little battered and, and farther than expected. And so these early hours in the morning, the only way for Jesus to get to his friends is by walking on the water. I have to tell you, the visual I have now in the story is very different now that we have sheltered in place and been quarantined. I don't know about you, but my family spent a lot of time watching shows. In particular, I think that we probably watched every episode of River Monsters and Chasing Monsters, or it felt like we did. And, you know, River Monsters, Chasing Monsters, it's one of those stories, one of those shows about a fisherman. And the fisherman goes into these remote villages and hears these incredible stories about how these predator fish have attacked people. And so naturally, the fisherman gets in a tiny boat in these rough waters, and no matter the hour of night or the early, early hours in the morning, the fisherman gets on this tiny boat, goes into the water, and tries to catch the fish. And inevitably, what happens is the fisherman always ends up out of the boat, trying to scoop up these huge predator fish while everything is lurking and swirling. Alligators and eels and sharks and stingrays are constantly circling. The river monsters are there and the fishermen's in the water. And so that is in my mind now as I hear this story. I think about this boat of people, of fishermen, on the water, seeing this stranger come toward them. And they are worried about all of the things that are lurk lurking and circling around them. And so when Peter, too, gets on the water, Peter all of a sudden notices all of the elements around him and beneath him, and he gets frightened and he begins to sink. And Jesus has to pull him up out of the water. Now, Peter is not the only one to be pulled out of the water in Scripture. There's another one. In Exodus 2, we learn about a woman who, out of the safety for her child, her baby, takes her baby, wraps him in reeds, and sends him along the river. And the sister, of course, runs along the bank to watch what happens to her baby brother. And sure enough, we know that the Pharaoh's daughter scoops the little boy out of the water. That happens to be Moses. And he's named Moses, which means drawn out of the water. And Moses, too, is the very one who later on meets God through a burning bush. And through that burning bush, God says, it is I. The same exact words that Jesus said to Peter. It is I. Do not be afraid. And it just so happens that Moses is the very one 
to lead the people through the water on dry land. And so somehow, in this one story, we are connected to so much more. In this one story in the New Testament, we are connected to all of the stories in the Old. And we are connected through one symbol, water. And so I ask you again, Chapel Roswell, what's your visual? Where are you? Where are you spiritually? Are you the one in the boat? that is fearful and worried about the one who is coming toward you? Are you the one in the boat that needs to be reminded of the identity of God? Are you the one in the boat that's kind of peering down, worried about all of the things that are lurking and circling you? Are you worried about the river monsters? Are you the one in the boat trying to reach Jesus. Wherever you are, you are in a water story. And wherever we are, we are connected. Because your water story is the same story of Moses, and your water story is the same story of Peter. All of our water stories are connected. Because we know that God is going to do something big through us. Your faith is stronger when you get off the boat and meet the one in front of you and hear God say, it is I. It could be that we are the symbol in this world that every day God is going to do something big through us. And so may we be open to that. May we know that God is working all the time around us. And we need to have strength and courage and faith in that. Because that itself is the miracle. We are the nature miracle that God can use to show control and power and love and grace over all things. Like water, our life is one of a gift, is one of luxury, and one that can impact so many other lives. And our faith, like the very ones in all of the stories, can only grow stronger by our trust in that. But we also know from our story that the miracle only happens after people spend time on the mountain in prayer. So now, join me and let's have a moment on the mountain being close to God in prayer. Gracious and holy Lord, we come to you now with trust and faith and strength in your name. We come to you now on this mountaintop and say, be with us. 
and show us the ways that we can be your people. Lord, we know that there have been times this past week or this past month or this past year when we have not been the people you have called us to be. Maybe we have not listened very well or acted very well. And for those things, we apologize. And Lord, if there's anything that we have taken for granted, we apologize for that too. And now we ask that you be a part of our lives in a new way so we may have the faith we need to walk across the water of today, no matter what it may bring. Lord, be with us in all the decisions that we have in front of us. There may be people who are having to make decisions about school and whether or not to send children back. Be in those decisions and conversations. It could be that people and administrators are making decisions about when to open and what to do next and what are the different protocols. Be in the midst of all of those things. And Lord, be a part of our church community as we are continuing to look to ways to be a people of faith together. Help us through this virtual world and this world of technology that we still can build a strong community for you. Through small groups or through prayer groups or through just moments of worship, may we feel connected to one another. And Lord, just as you use those disciples, use us. Change our visual of where we are. And may we see ourselves on a boat with other people encouraging one another and following the directions that you give us. Give us strength in that. And Lord, we do pray for the people around us who are having any kind of worry or doubt Illness, treatments, be in the midst of all of them. And Lord, be with us as we are being family and being church. Show us always how to be your people. Amen. If you are feeling led to respond, I want to offer a few ways to do so. The first thing you can do is always respond through prayer. Spend a moment every day in prayer, whether it's just a second or even an hour in a second. Spend those moments with God. I invite you, too, to look around, and if there's a friend that you need to check on, do that. Or if there's someone that you see is struggling and needs help being pulled up, then be those hands to help. Another way I invite you to respond is by helping bring clean drinking water to people in a village in Africa. Our church actually um, participates in one of those ministries where clean drinking water is being provided to all sorts of villages. When you give to our church, that is one way to be a part of a water ministry. So I invite you to give of your gifts and you can do that through the different ways on your screen. 
You can do it online, you can do it with your phone, you can text to give, but any time that you give to Chapel Roswell, know that part of what you're giving to is a water project in Africa. There are many different ways to be a part of this campus virtually, and so we really hope that you find ways to be in response. But now, hear these words. And now go, meet a friend and offer forgiveness. Face a world and offer trust. And do not be afraid, for God goes with you. Amen.